As the winter meetings are underway down in Nashville, Davey Martinez is as well talking with the media, opening up about many different things. The most intriguing one is what is the future of second baseman Luis Garcia? You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you all for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Clare. You can catch me over on Twitter at RyanClare11 as I have taken my passion for this game into podcast form here with the Locked On Nationals podcast here, part of the Locked On Podcast Network where it's your team every day. Later on in today's show, a little bit of a preview of tonight's MLB Draft Lottery. What could be happening with the Nationals? What is the most likely outcome of this draft lottery for your Nationals? Well, we'll get into that a little later on in today's show. Also, David Martinez opened up a little bit about Joey Manessis and kind of some of the struggles in 2023 and some that we didn't really all know too much about for Joey Manessis, but we'll get into that a little bit later on and as well as Trevor Williams and what his future could be for this team, but Let's start off with talking about Luis Garcia because that was the most intriguing thing that came out from yesterday's show, really. Meeting with MLB Network, doing a little sit-down interview, talking about the future of this team. They mentioned a lot of the young guys. As we all know, the Nationals have a plethora of young guys on this roster right here and right now, and as well as many different prospects that will be making their way up to the major leagues, hopefully by sometime this summer. But when he was asked about Luis Garcia, this was one of the more intriguing answers, in my opinion. Because, again, being asked about his status for 2024, this is what Davey Martinez had to say. Quote, yeah, look, my message to him was, there's no guarantees in spring training. You have to come in and fight for a job. I think I sent the message to him when we sent him down, and it hurt me because I love the kid. But he's got to get better. He's going on his fourth year now with us. I know what the upside is with Luis, but we got to get it out of him. He's got to be consistent. So now let's go back to what Mike Rizzo said with the sports junkies over the summer when Luis Garcia was sent down after the trade deadline, in which was a little bit stunning to say the least, because 2023 was all about the young guys. And Luis Garcia certainly still is a young guy and certainly is someone I think the Nationals at that moment in time were accounting to be a very good baseball player moving forward with them. So when they sent him down, obviously the junkies, they asked him about why would you send down Luis Garcia at this moment in time? And Mike Rizzo, you know, kind of said the corporate line of what he had to do. It wasn't going to give every detail as to why they sent him down. But I think that also kind of causes for speculation. And he kind of mentioned that his routine and kind of they want to see him lose some weight a little bit. And all these things kind of go into the fact that Luis Garcia Maybe the maturity of, when I mean maturity, I mean the maturity of a professional baseball player, doing your daily routine, finding that consistency as to what Davey Martinez just said yesterday when he was meeting with the media. So going forward now, it's not when Luis Garcia is in the lineup. It's not when Luis Garcia is on that opening day lineup card. It's if he will be on that opening day lineup card. And now we could talk about two different things here because 
this is kind of a drum that I've beaten for quite some time now. And if you've been with us, if you're an everyday out there, you've probably heard this before. But I always have believed that the Nationals and the way that they have handled Luis Garcia over the last few years has been pretty much malpractice. Now, is it just on the Nationals organization? No. I think we can all kind of see Luis Garcia, he's going to have to find some consistency the way that Victor Robles hasn't as well. He's going to have to find a way to get a routine set in stone. He's going to have to find a way to stay more consistent, stay in his at-bats, and be a little more selective at the plate. That is where Luis Garcia has really struggled, in my opinion, is when you kind of get him, it seems as if at points in his career, he has hit points where you're like, he gets it now. He understands it. He understands his assignment when he's up there. He knows he needs to move the runners over from second to third or from first, second, whatever it is. Luis Garcia, it seems to click every now and then. And then all of a sudden, he'll go through a three-week period where he's five for 47, and you're all wondering, what just happened? We just saw you put up these gauntlet of numbers, and now there's a lack of production moving forward. So with Luis Garcia, number one, is this surprising to me? I would say it's a little surprising considering all things here, just because what are the other options that we have in-house at this moment in time? What are the other options that you could say could play second base for this team moving forward? That is kind of where I get myself in a little predicament because maybe the Nationals have something up their sleeve with a prospect. Maybe they have something up their sleeves with a prospect that's already on this roster with a Jake Alou, maybe him moving over to second base full-time, seeing what he can do. Because again, Jake Alou, while he wasn't amazing, he wasn't this perfect all for it being the second baseman. He wasn't the option in my opinion, but maybe the Nationals want to see a little bit more from Jake Lou. Or on the other hand, maybe the Nationals want to go outside of the organization. Maybe they want to go sign a free agent. Because I think that is probably where they're leaning to now. But as far as viable options go that are in-house, that are guys that you want to look at, let's talk about Trey Lipscomb here. And maybe the possibility of him being a second baseman to start off the opening day campaign. Now, is he going to be someone that Will be in the opening day lineup as of right now. I'm going to bet against that because he never reached triple A. And I don't think he's going to be someone where you're just going to jump from double A up into the majors unless something crazy happens in spring training and he's killing the baseball, playing solid second base, and the Nationals want to see more of him up in the majors. But at this moment, what other options are there? Because the Nationals at some point, they're going to have to look themselves in the mirror and say, have we given Luis Garcia a fair shot? Have they? Because I think that is a question in which a lot of people would go different ways with. Luis Garcia has been up and down from the majors to the minors for the last four years. Again, a top 100 prospect at one moment in time. So when it was a very toolsy shortstop slash middle infielder, play second base, shortstop. could also probably play third base if you really needed him to. Luis Garcia, he does have tools. And when he goes down to AAA, you see the production that he can put up there. It's the power. It's getting on base. It's hitting for average. All the different things. Luis Garcia, he puts up good numbers there. But now, is it just the end of the road for Luis Garcia? Are we ready to say, we've seen enough of this and we got to move on? Maybe. Are the Nationals right now maybe working the clock for someone like a Jonathan India for the Cincinnati Reds? Doubtful. That would be fun. I would like that. 
but I don't think the Nationals are really in the market to make a move at this moment of that caliber. I think it's an interesting thought to say the least, though, because again, Luis Garcia is someone that I think a lot of people were just going to say, yeah, he's going to be in the opening day lineup, and we're going to run this thing back. Whether it's right or wrong, whether you'd want an improvement over at second base, I think there's an argument for both sides as to why he should be, because let me kind of counter my point of saying, let's go outside the organization and see what can happen with a second baseman, or let's roll with one of these prospects. Maybe it's a little premature. Let's see what this guy can do. If the Nationals, if it was about the youth, and if that's really what they wanted it to be, then going with Luis Garcia or maybe another prospect is probably the only way to go at this moment. You can't just sit up here and say, well, it's all about the youth. We want to see what the kids can play. And then you go out there and sign a 32-year-old Cesar Hernandez, something like that again. I don't see the Nationals doing that. And I don't think the Nationals should do that, in fact. If you're going to go with a second baseman moving forward here, if you're going to view that as a need, if you're going to go and attempt to go with someone outside the organization, unless you're bringing up and trading for a Jonathan India from the Cincinnati Reds, former NL Rookie of the Year, then I'm not really that interested in it. You either going to give Luis Garcia another shot, or you're going to call up one of your prospects, like a Trey Lipscomb, like a Jake Alou, and have them play second base, until we figure the rest of this thing out. Because there's no real option that you could say, I feel confident in that. You can't, unless you go that free agency route or trade for a Jonathan India. But at this moment, you can't really think those things and think that they're going to go out there and get an impact second baseman. It's just been quite some time since they've done something of that caliber. And I don't think at this moment right now, that should be the way for the Nationals to go. I don't think that should be it. You got to figure out a way to find someone in-house, whether it be sticking with Luis Garcia, committing 162 games to him over at second base, seeing what he can do, see if he can work through some of the struggles, see if he grew at all this offseason, or you go with someone like a Trey Lipscomb or a Jake Alou and see what can happen there. That is what I would do at this moment in time. So to kind of put a bow on all of this, the Nationals, in my opinion, have always kind of fiddled with Luis Garcia in a way that I think is a little bit unfair, kind of dropping him down from AAA back up to the majors and on so and forth and, and so forth. I don't know. I don't know what the Nationals should be doing with second base, but I've always kind of felt like they've handled this in the wrong manner. I feel like they could have done a little bit more in the development of Luis Garcia, not really bringing him up in 2020, even though he was on that taxi squad for the COVID team in 2020, he probably shouldn't have been up in the majors then. In 2021, probably shouldn't have been up in the majors for as long as he was. And again, in 2022, maybe that's the time where you bring him up to make his debut if you do those things over again. But Luis Garcia, solid talent, but the talent is going to have to take a step to the side for production until he has that other thing there. Thank you all for making Locked On Nats your first listen every single day. And of course, Davey Martinez did not just talk about Luis Garcia. In fact, he talked a lot about Joey Manessis, Trevor Williams, and what the Nationals could be targeting this winter meeting. I'm going to kind of discuss those things and kind of give my opinions on what could be happening down the pipe. But before we do that, 
let me tell you guys about our friends over at Jace Medical. And I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of life. But can we talk just for a minute about preparing for tough situations? Whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered, my friend. The Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics and long lists of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply, even ED generics for Cialis or Viagra. Jace Medical has the Jace case. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. So what you have to do is visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer our offer code locked on to get $20 off your order. Again, offer code locked on to get $20 off your order. Now let's get back into it as Davey Martinez met up with MLB Network, did a little sit-down interview, and he said a lot of different interesting things. Obviously, I thought the most eye-popping one was kind of about the future of Luis Garcia. I didn't really expect anyone to be talking about his future in the way that Davey Martinez was, kind of as if we don't really know what his future is going to be. We want to see him take some steps and kind of mature as a baseball player find a way to stay consistent in all those different things. But that's not just what he said. He also kind of revealed this in which I didn't know about watching this team all 162 games over this year. I'm sure a lot of you did as well. Joey Manessis was actually battling a knee injury in 2023. And now moving forward, he looks at Joey Manessis as someone who could be a first baseman. And even went on to say that Joey Manessis wants to play left field at a more full-time rate. No, I can't do that. I, I cannot do that right here, right now. Listen, Joey Manessis, I've seen it with him. I like Joey Manessis. Is Joey Manessis going to be your DH for 2024? Sure, I'm all right with that. I don't think it's the best decision in the world. In fact, I'd probably kick him around on the trade market, see what you could get for him at this moment. But going forward, if you were to tell me that right now, Joey Manessis would be your first baseman going forward, no. I, that's not something that I think the Nationals should really can even consider at this moment. Because Joey Manessis was a DH the entire way of 2023. Now, obviously, he had some innings out there at first base. But even then, Joey Manessis, and just looking at him and using the eye test, you don't even need analytics to see it. You don't want this guy in the field. It's nothing against him, but we saw the way that this Nationals defense improved with having a defensive first baseman of the caliber of Dominic Smith. Now, did he hurt us offensively? Absolutely. But also Dominic Smith helped in major ways over at first base, kind of being the great wall of DC or whatever you want to call him there. Dominic Smith was very good defensively, and I truly believe that his value over at first base helped this infield and helped the pitching staff and the team overall tremendously in a way that we probably can't even calculate over the course of 2023. I truly do believe in that. Now, if you were to have Joey Manessis in there, someone who is a below average first baseman, 
what would that do to you? How would that affect the Nationals and the outcomes of games and their defense overall? Well, number one, it would affect it negatively. And number two, when you have a young infield in which the Nationals will likely have going into 2024, you already have C.J. Abrams, who's learning on the fly, shortstop. He's one of your guys that you want to be the face of your organization for hopefully the next decade. Luis Garcia, as we talked about in the first segment, he could be that guy. Maybe you bring up a prospect. Maybe you have Jake Alou start over at second base and you roll with that. Or maybe you bring in a free agent, someone of the like of an Adam Frazier, second baseman with the Orioles. Maybe someone along those lines. Do you want to kind of have that be held back by a first baseman of Joey Manessis type? Someone who may not be the best defensively? But also on the flip side, the counter argument, which some people may be saying in this case, well, look at his offense and look at the production that he's going to bring being in that lineup every day. And then you go out there and hopefully find a DH or maybe Stone Garrett slides right in there as a designated hitter moving forward. That is a viable option, but also defensively and really for the pitching staff and especially for a young pitching staff, if you're going to have someone over at first base, someone who affects basically every other play, it seems like, that's probably not the best solution to have at this moment. Someone who just simply touches the ball every every few pitches for ground outs, all the different things, being a first baseman is a big deal in Major League Baseball. And this is something that, again, this time last year, I was talking about it doesn't matter what defense means. But seeing what the impact that the Nationals had defensively this year seeing the different things that came from Dominic Smith being over at first base, seeing the way that the pitching staff was just overall better and more confident going into this year with a better defense, that also kind of flipped my mind and kind of turned this light bulb on in my brain and said, why not both? Why can't we have a nice, solid offensive first baseman, but also balance it out with at least an average defensive first baseman? Because you can't go and reach down to the below average market. In that, in that, in my opinion, you cannot. I think if the Nationals were to do that, you'd probably see a little bit of a, defen- a defensive drop-off. And also, you'd probably see a little bit of a drop-off when it comes to pitching in general. And the Nationals, yeah, the pitching isn't all that talented. So I think the Nationals, they're probably going to have to take that into consideration if you were to have someone like Joey Manessis play first base or left field moving forward. So I think you could probably just Leave Joey Manessis as DH, have him come off the bench, have him play and uh, do whatever you want with him, maybe fill in at first base every now and then. Because there are options on this market highlighted by Reese Hoskins that could play first base. But I don't think Joey Manessis should be at the forefront of that list when it comes to this Nationals team. And in fact, it should not be on that list whatsoever. Also, another interesting note of this, Trevor Williams, when asked about him, he did say that Trevor Williams is the fourth and fifth starter for now. But he says that they'll see what happens over the winter. Mike Rizzo, when he met with the media a handful of weeks ago, he said that they're going to be in the market for a starting pitcher. David Martinez, the way that he kind of ended that quote was saying that we'll see what happens over the winter. That kind of makes me think that I don't think they're going to be planning for Trevor Williams being the starting rotation. I don't think the Nationals should be planning for that, by the way, because when you talk about Trevor Williams, we all know this. I talk about Trevor Williams a lot in this show. Good guy, great clubhouse guy. Players and and young players, they love him. 
That's great. That's something that you need. That's something that's valuable. But you know what else is valuable? Having someone that can pitch every five days and not get worked around four innings pitch, giving up five earned runs every time. That's not what the Nationals should be in the business for, especially when you have someone like Patrick Corbin who kind of already does that already. So if you have two of those guys, you're just kind of digging your holes for losses, to be honest with you. You're going to be getting yourself in this deep hole, and you're not going to be able to find your way out of it. And if the Nationals, again, if you have two of those guys in your rotation that are just going to be out there just to be out there because they're warm bodies, that's not really what you want. And also, Trevor Williams, again, if you were to pitch him in the role of that fireman guy is the way that we've all kind of anointed him as. If you were to pitch him in that sense, have him be a spot starter, have him come out of the bullpen, eat three to four innings out of a game. That's going to be of value to this team. That's going to, number one, raise his trade value. And number two, it's going to help this team win games. So that is the logical option when it comes to Trevor Williams. And it sounds as if the Nationals could be in the market for kind of improving that factor here. Now, will they? Hopefully. I think that's something that they should and could do. But when will they do it? Because that is the intriguing factor of this. Not only do you have Trevor Williams and Patrick Corbin on the same rotation right now, but you also have Jackson Rutledge, Cade Cavalli, Jake Irvin, a lot of different arms that you're going to want to see up in the majors at some point this year. And with Jake Irvin and with Jackson Rutledge, we saw him make a handful of start. Jake Irvin was basically here for the entire season. You get the point. There's a lot of young guys that the Nationals are going to want to see. So one of these old-time pitchers, the veteran guys with Trevor Williams and Patrick Corbin, someone's going to have to take the back seat and go to the bullpen eventually. And I think it's probably going to be Trevor Williams just because you've seen the results with him as a bullpen guy already, and it's pretty damn good. So I could see that. I would love to see that, in fact, but we'll just have to see which way the Nationals lean moving forward. Thank you all for making Locked on Nets your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. And of course, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. You won't want to miss that over there. Now, kind of wrap up what Davey Martinez said and kind of talked about something that I think was a little bit interesting, but also MLB Draft Lottery is tonight. Where will the Nationals be? I'll disclose that after this. And to wrap up from what Davey Martinez said with MLB Network yesterday, Davey Martinez talked a lot about the team needs. We already got into Luis Garcia. We got into Trevor Williams. We got into second base and all the different things that have been out there. But Davey Martinez also said that they want a lefty power bat to probably pay play in that left field corner there. Well, there's a couple of veteran left-handed bats that could kind of fit that one-year pillow contract type. Number one, the glaring one in my opinion, is Joey Gallo. Are the Nationals going to go after Joey Gallo? Are they going to give him a one-year, maybe $14, $15 million deal? I don't think so. But also, at the end of the day, if the Nationals did kind of want that Pello contract of someone who is, number one, going to draw interest at the deadline because it's Joey Gallo, 
And number two, someone who could be an impactful bat and who does kind of fill some holes of this lineup and fill some holes of this team, Joey Gallo would be an intriguing choice here because not only does he just play first base, this is someone that can also play left field. This is someone who could also be a DH. And going up against right-handed pitchers, Joey Gallo does relatively well. The NL East, they've got a ton of right-handed pitchers that have usually just dominated the Nationals lineup. Having a left-handed power bat with Joey Gallo, someone who could hit 30 home runs over the course of a handful of months, could also strike out 100-plus times in those months as well. But still, Joey Gallo does kind of fit that hole of what the Nationals need. You need someone with a little bit of pop with a lefty bat. You haven't had that since half of Josh Bell and as well as Juan Soto. The Nationals, they're going to need to find a way to get some power back in this lineup. And looking at it, Joey Gallo would make sense. Now, what doesn't make sense is probably the money that you'd have to dish out to give Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo, again, Scott Boris client. Scott Boris is probably in his ear saying, listen, we're going to go, we're going to get you a place where you are guaranteed opportunities. Not only are you going to be guaranteed opportunities, you're also going to be guaranteed some probably some good money. They're going to be going to whoever, number one, offers up the best money, number two, can give the most playing time. Well, I don't know about the money part of this, but I can guarantee you this. If Joey Gallo signed with the Nationals, they would guarantee this guy a lot of playing time, not just at first base, not just at left field, but also a designated hitter spot as well. Joey Gallo would likely be in our lineup basically every single day. And I think that is probably the big bargaining point here when it comes to talking to Scott Boris as well as Joey Gallo. You go up to him and you say, listen, you need to turn your career around. You're 30 years old. If you ball out here, if you hit a ton of home runs, if you can keep that average above 200, if you can keep that OPS around an 800 mark, you're going to get a decent contract maybe next year. Is someone going to give him a huge, massive contract? No. He's beyond that point in his career. But he could also kind of work his way into it. And if the Nationals, if they pinpoint him with number one money for a one-year pillow deal, and if they say, we'll get you on a contender if you play well here, I think that is going to be something that could be a little intriguing to watch this year. But have there been any points to that? Have there been anyone kind of hinting at Joey Gallo? Not really. So let's kind of go of a more realistic route. And that goes with Jesse Winker. Former Seattle Mariner, someone who has really struggled over the last two years. Again, fits that market of a lefty bat, someone who can play left field, someone who can really play right field as well. Power bat, someone who does have it back in there. He's going to get a lot of playing time. And maybe the Nationals say, we'll take a shot on you, Jesse. You'll get your playing time. You'll get what you need. We just need you to hit some pop. That's another option that maybe could come into fruition. But also, an in-house option could be Stone Garrett. Now, he's not a lefty bat, but he certainly has power. And I think a lot of us this year were very pleasantly surprised when it came to Stone Garrett and his production. The Nationals, if they were to say, Stone Garrett's going to be our left fielder moving forward for this season, I wouldn't have an issue with that. Because also, at the end of the day, you have James Wood, you have Dylan Cruz, you have Robert Hassel, a lot of different outfield prospects. You also have Jacob Young, Lane Thomas all the different outfielding prospects and young guys, you could kind of fill out the holes the way that you want to maybe later on this season when all of them start 
knocking on the door of the major leagues. I think the Nationals, if you wanted to stay put at left as a if you wanted to stay put in house with Stone Garrett as your left fielder, I don't think anyone would be complaining of that. I think a lot of people really like Stone Garrett, and I think the playing time that he was getting at the second half of the season, I think that's probably them kind of pointing their cards to saying, we like this guy just like you guys do too. So we'll just have to see what happens. But as I said, the MLB draft lottery is tonight. Listen, the Nationals, don't bother watching it. If you're if you're a baseball fan and you want to watch it, go for it. It's a fun thing. Don't bother watching though, if you're an ads fan, if I'm being honest. The Nationals are going to have the 10th overall pick. Nothing higher, nothing lower. That's what they're going to happen because fit, picking second overall apparently is the worst thing to happen in Major League Baseball. And it is because I think the MLB draft lottery is stupid. You should, you should not be penalizing teams who are just simply bad. And you're taking away from the fact that there are people out there who do this job, even like myself, who do podcasts. Maybe I'm bad at my job. There are GMs. There are presidents of baseball. There are coaches, managers, and players that are just simply not that great at their jobs compared to Major League Baseball standard. And teams kind of flounder because of that. I'm not saying the Nationals are because of that, but I think the MLB draft lottery kind of hurts those teams who just maybe hire guys who are bad at their jobs. And yes, maybe you say, well, tell that organization to be better, but in hindsight, what would they know? You don't know when someone's going to be good or bad at their job. There's a way that you can try to predict that, but the Nationals finishing at 71 and 91, they should be slotted right around the fifth overall pick. Instead, they got to drop all the way to 10th overall in which you can still sign an impact player. You're still going to draft a pretty big-name prospect. But what you deserve is a fifth overall pick. Just like last year in the Nationals, they deserved the number one overall pick. They didn't get that because the MLB draft lottery, they got penalized, in my opinion, second overall pick. And then now you have to drop all the way to 10th overall, which I think is a little bit bogus, to say the least. Thank you all for making Locked on Nats your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. On the flip side, I will catch you guys tomorrow and, of course, talk some more Nationals free agency as what could be coming because Eric Fetty and his name in the market, it's heating up. Don't miss that. I'll talk to you guys on the other side.